This week on Speak, Lord, we're going to think about the spiritual war, the one that rages all around us. We live every minute in this spiritual war, and we're going to think about it through the eyes of the book of Revelation. This book describes spiritual forces of good and evil in grand and alarming terms. It tells of an enemy that is furious and powerful and deceptive and cruel, and it tells of a conquering lamb who is worthy, who is love, who is glorious, and it tells us how to overcome that enemy. And there's a phrase that's repeated several times in the middle of the book about those who do stay faithful to God in spiritual war. It talks about them as those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus or the testimony of Jesus. This is a verse I've heard a lot because it's one of those key verses. We want to be the people who stay faithful. How do we do that? Well, we we keep the commandments of God. When the rest of the world turns, we hold on to the testimony or the faith of Jesus. So back in November 2021, I did a two-part message. took two weeks to think about these words. Uh, each of them are about nine minutes long, and they take a broad view of the biblical uses of these terms to give us a more uh, clear picture of what it means to keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So the focus here in these messages is how we can live well when we live in a spiritual war. So here's part one. It offers a reframe of what is meant by obedience to the commandments. You're listening to Speak, Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. How do we live well when we live in a spiritual war? I recently preached on the three angels' messages of Revelation 14, and they conclude with describing those who are faithful to God in an end-time spiritual war. They are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. In my study for that message, I went in a direction that I didn't have time to share, so I'm going to share it here on Speak, Lord, this week and next week. There's a parallel passage to that one in Revelation 12 that describes the church when Satan is attacking them, waging war against the saints. And it says that they keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So what I did in this study is I looked up every other time that John uses the word commandments and every other time he uses the word testimony And they give a picture of what he might have been thinking when he wrote commandments and testimony as the keys to living well when we live in a spiritual war. So this week I'm going to share what John might have been thinking when he wrote the words, keep the commandments of God. He first used that word in John 10, 18. It talks about Jesus saying that no one takes his life from him, but he lays it down on his own accord. Then he says, I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And the word commandments is translated as charge. So here, it is Jesus receiving a command from the Father. We see a similar thing in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. It says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. 
In most of the other instances where John uses the word commandment, he links it to love, and we're going to talk about that. But I think there's something important in these first two uses of the word commandment. In both of them, we find Jesus trusting and yielding to the commandment of the Father when maybe it wasn't his will or didn't fit his logic. This is the Jesus who said, not my will, but yours. So he surrendered completely to the will of the Father, even in what he spoke. This picture of commandment keeping is so valuable in the spiritual war we find ourselves in. We need a complete trusting surrender. I don't know what to say when I'm attacked by spiritual forces, but I can speak as the Father gives me words. And there are times when his commands don't look like they make much sense, but I can trust that his way is the best way. Our lives are lived out in the context of spiritual war, and it's just increasing in intensity as we come closer to the second coming of Christ. Things are hard, and they're getting harder. How do we not just shrivel up into a mental wreck? Well, John says that we keep the commandments of God, and part of keeping his commandments is trusting that his way is the best way. That's how Jesus kept the commandments of the Father on this earth. He might not have known the best way or how to navigate the attacks of Satan, but he trusted that his Father's way was the best way. In the rest of the verses where John uses this word commandment, he makes it very clear that he was thinking about love. I'll read some of these. John 13, 34, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 15, 10 through 12, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 1 John chapter 3, 23-24 And this is his command, that we believe in the name of the Son of God and love one another, just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. 1 John 4, 21, And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. 1 John 5, 2 and 3, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. In 2 John verse 1, 5 and 6, Not as though I were writing to you a new command, but the one you have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. This study has made it so clear to me that when John is thinking about commandment keeping in Revelation 12, he's thinking love. So to review, first we saw that commandment keeping has to do with trusting that God's way is the best way. We saw that in Jesus trusting the command of the Father and depending on him to live life in the spiritual battle he faced on this earth. 
And then after that, we see that commandment keeping has to do with loving God and loving others. This is what the whole thing hangs on. It's love. John had so much more to say about love. He was that disciple who Jesus loved. And he also said something so important in 1 John chapter 4. He said, we love because he first loved us. See, we want to know how to live well when we live in a spiritual war. And we could say, well, I just got to love. And that's true. But we can't do it on our own. It's not about me trying with all my might to love better. It's actually about receiving the perfect love of God in a way that shapes me into a lover of God and a lover of others. Life is really tough and it's getting tougher. The Bible tells us we're in a spiritual war and it's getting more intense. How do we live well when we live in a spiritual war? By being continually shaped by God's love into a passionate lover of God who trusts that God's way is the best way and chooses it every time. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't start with my effort. It comes from the love of God and he has the ability to shape us into people of love. And that's how we live well when we live in a spiritual war. I think that's what John is communicating when he talks about the dragon being enraged with the church and going off to make war on her offspring. And he describes them as those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. The spiritual warfare is going to attack you today. It's going to tempt you to think that there is a way that's better than God's way. It's going to feel right. It's going to look right. And love says, no, I trust that God's way is the best way and I'm going to choose that because I'm in love with that God. The spiritual warfare is going to come to us today and tempt us to see others in an unloving way, to think of them as less than us or undeserving of our kindness. But we don't live well in this spiritual war when we live outside of love. Keeping God's commandments would mean that we choose love for those people when it doesn't feel natural. There are so many ways to be torn apart by the spiritual war, but one way to live well is to be continually shaped by God's love into a lover of God who actually trusts that his way is the best way and chooses it every time. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And now we're going to bring part two. These messages are kind of heavy in the, the study and bringing in other scriptures. I think they're helpful to us to get a clear picture of how to live well in spiritual war. I also know that this verse, keeping the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus, um, it's been used in some really good ways. And it's also been used in some very legalistic ways to communicate that those who remain faithful uh, must earn it. They got to be perfect. I think the message of these two episodes is worth bringing back because it points us to God as the faithful one and us as the ones who just stay in his faithfulness. So here's part two with a focus on this concept of the testimony of Jesus. You're listening to Speak, Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. Well, this week and last week, we are asking the question, how do we live well when we live in a spiritual war. 
And we're taking our answers from John, who wrote in Revelation 12, 17, that those who are under the spiritual attack of Satan and hold on to God are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Last week, we talked about keeping God's commandments and what John might have been thinking when he wrote that. This week, we're going to talk about having the testimony of Jesus. Both phrases are keys to living well in a spiritual war. And we need that because life is so hard. We are under the attack of spiritual forces of evil. And we want to live well and be faithful to God through all of that. This study has something really important to help us in that struggle. When John used the word testimony in Revelation 12, 17, he used the Greek word martyron. It's used 37 times in the New Testament, three times by Mark, two times by Luke, two times by Paul, and the other 30 times by John. So this was his word. He used the word testimony 30 times in his writing. And almost all of those are pointing to the truth about Jesus. We begin in John chapter 1, verse 7, and it's speaking of this man, John the Baptist. It says he came as a witness or a testimony to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So the testimony here is to give light to the truth of who Jesus is. Later in chapter 1, they ask John to give testimony of who he is. And he says, I am not the Messiah. So they press him further and he says, I am the voice of one calling out in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. So here again, the word testimony appears in the context of making straight the way for the Lord or bringing to light the truth about Jesus. Later in chapter 3, John's disciples come and say, Jesus is baptizing more than you. And he says, he must become greater, I must become less. Then in verse 32, it says, he testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. Jesus had a testimony of the truth of who he was. And people weren't accepting that testimony. Jesus has this conversation with the religious leaders in chapter 5, verse 31 through 36, when he says, If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. He uses the word testimony several times. And then in verse 36, he says, But the testimony I have is greater than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me, that the Father has sent me. They pick up this argument later in chapter 8, verse 13 through 17, and they say to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. So their big issue was they did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was. At the end of Jesus' response in verse 16, he says, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. So Jesus' argument is his testimony about himself is true, and it's not just him saying it, it's him and the Father. When Jesus was on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 34, it says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. Verse 35, He who saw it, has borne witness. His testimony is true. 
and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. Jesus had been making claims that he was the Messiah, and they were seeing on the cross that his testimony, the thing Jesus said about himself, was true. At the end of this gospel, in chapter 21, verse 24, John writes, This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. John uses this word testimony a lot, and his concern seems to be that we believe that Jesus is who he says he is. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, it says, If we receive the testimony of man, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that he is born concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. This clarifies the point. John is talking about believing that Jesus is who he says he is. Then he uses the word testimony all throughout the book of Revelation. In the opening line of chapter 1, he says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angels to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. So this whole book of prophecy is John receiving the testimony about Jesus. He's receiving truth about Jesus so that we might know that Jesus is who he says he is. He talks about some who are killed because of their testimony of Jesus. Believing that Jesus is who he says he is has not always been received throughout history. In fact, throughout the history of the church, we have struggled in understanding who Jesus is. We've argued over his divinity and his humanity in pretty much every aspect of who he is we've had a controversy over. We struggle to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. But it is a centerpiece of living well in a spiritual war. If I'm going to survive Satan's attacks, I need to know that Jesus is my Savior, that Jesus is full of love towards me. I need to know that I'm saved by grace through faith. I need to know that Jesus can transform my life. The New Testament is full of exalted claims of who Jesus says he is and promises for what he can do in our lives. We're not going to make it in spiritual war if we don't believe those things. So a central strategy in the spiritual forces of evil is to get us to think that Jesus doesn't love us, that Jesus doesn't have the power to change us, that Jesus can't sustain us through hard things. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Your answer to that question determines the path of your spiritual life. We can emerge victorious from the spiritual warfare we're facing, but we have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. If you didn't listen to Speak Lord last week, you missed the first half of this study. We're looking at Revelation 12:17, and we're seeing ways that we can live well when we live in a spiritual war. I'm going to read that verse, Revelation 12, 17. And I hope in reflecting 
on what John has said about commandments and what John has said about the testimony of Jesus, that you see some life-giving clarity in how you can live well in spiritual war. This is what it says. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. The spiritual war is raging all around us and it does not have to destroy us. Keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening.